Welcome to Quest for Gold. We're now two weeks away from the opening ceremonies in Beijing. And we learned this week from the Beijing Organizing Committee there will not be tickets sold to any of the sporting events. This does not mean there won't be fans, but they will be invite only. Jamaica qualified a bobsled team for the first time in 24 years. In fact, they qualified for three events. The four-man bobsled, two-man, and there's a new woman's monobob. Ralph Lauren has unveiled its Team USA opening and closing ceremony uniforms. The company says its new intelligent insulation is the first to market sustainably-minded temperature-responsive fabric that adapts to cooler temperatures by expanding and creating a layer of insulation without battery power or wire technology. The final American rosters are being finalized. We found out the teams this week for cross-country skiing, Nordic combined, and ski jumping. By the way, congrats to Casey Larson, who made his second Olympics. We talked to him back in episode 11. On our athlete spotlight this week, we turn back to the ice for pairs figure skater Alexa Kinnearum. This will be her second Olympic Games, but for her new partner, Brandon Frazier, his first. Both have their eyes on bringing some hardware back to the U.S. in 2022, but it's been a challenge just to get to Beijing. Well, why don't you start me off from 2018, the, the Olympics, and how everything went for you on the ice, off the ice? What kind of experience was that for you? Well, I have to say that, um, you know, it was a huge, it's always a huge journey for any athlete to make the Olympics, but um, my journey personally after my health scare and the struggle that I went through made my Olympic experience even more special and profound just because of the likelihood of it happening was next to none uh, due to the severity of my stomach problem. But, um, you know, one thing that stood out was when Chris and I got to the Olympics, we were in the village and everything. One thing um, we said was, wow, I want to do this again. Like just being in the Olympic Village in 2018 gave us so much um, motivation and excitement because it's such a special opportunity and so wonderful. And um, that gave us the motivation to want to try to make it again. And um, luckily for me, I was able to pursue that dream with Brandon once Chris decided to retire from figure skating. And I would say that my whole journey before, during, and after 2018 has been completely unpredictable. Um in such an extreme way, even this past week with our U.S. championships and COVID coming into play. Yeah, I want to get to that in just a second. But, you know, talk about because uh, the man to your right is not the, the man who was on your right in, in 2018. Your, your husband retired from the sport, correct? And um, how, how did this connection happen? You know, it was a coincidental timing in both of our lives individually. Um, you know, it was in the middle of the four year cycle of the Olympics. And when my, when Chris decided to retire from skating, I had just put out publicly through the social media that I was going to continue skating, um, and look for a partner. But, uh, I knew that the caliber of partner that I needed to be successful. Um, there wasn't a lot of, a lot of guys out there with the qualities I was looking for. And, um, behind the scenes at the same time, when we were going through our personal stuff, um, Brandon's skating journey was taking its own um, course of different events. And it just so happened that he was going to start looking for a new partner and I was available after he was contemplating some of his own decisions. And uh, we also decided to talk about trying out to skate together right at the start of the pandemic. So we had another curveball thrown at us. Brandon, talk about that process a little bit about connecting with her and, and kind of, uh, I, I assume it's it's 
you know, you're, you're, you're finding a, a dance partner and making sure that it works right. You know, I, I, was there, were there some growing pains there or did you guys fall into to sync pretty quickly? Um, yeah, the, you know, the process is, I think, so special to Alexa and I, just because, um, the challenges it brought, but that's why Alexa, when, uh, my partnership, former partnership with my old partner ended and I was on the bridge of retirement myself. I, you know, Alexa was like really the only girl out there I would contemplate uh, continuing and, and trying to make uh, a, a, one last run at the Olympic Games. And um, no, no transition like that's easy. Um, but I knew Alexa from competing uh, alongside with her on Team USA for a year. So I knew her kind of determination and devotion. So I was really excited to get started um, with that kind of caliber of, of work ethic. And when we started working together, I mean, it was during the, the pandemic and everything was shut down. It was, it was so special when I think about it now, like we were just outside at a, at a schoolyard, um, literally at like a basketball court. And it was just Chris helping us start learning the twist timing and the uh, lifts and basically, um, you know, we just started there and it put, we put in a lot of hard work to get our, our timing together. And, and it ended up just being one of those like journeys we shared together. And we were able to do such a good job of, of getting everything organized for our first season last year. Was the pandemic almost a blessing in disguise for, for you as far as getting to know each other and understand each other, not getting thrown onto the ice right away with competitions because of COVID and because of the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, you, there's really, it's tough to look at any positivity with, with the COVID pandemic right now. But for Alexa and I in our journey, it gave us the time we needed to not rush into like competitions and, and competing right away. It gave us the time to, to learn the, the elements and, and ease into everything and, and basically process the new chapter we were taking on together. So we were able to grow and, and, and build as friends as well and, and just not get thrown in right away on a, on a high international circuit of competition. So it, it was everything has happened in Alexa and journey, exactly how it needed to happen. And, and we're both just very grateful with every step along the way it's, we've been taking. All right. So walk me up to Nashville here and kind of everything that, that happened in that, that short time frame. Give me a TikTok. I mean, let, let me, how, how did this all work? When did, when did you guys arrive uh, and, and kind of when did things unravel for you? Well, everything was going very smoothly and well prior to our departure in regards to training and health. Uh, we were feeling good, feeling strong, feeling confident to go in and, and have a great event. And uh, it's required to take that PCR test 72 hours before you're uh, credentialing at the competition. And we were both successful with negative PCR tests, which was really great. Um, and then we flew in on Monday. We had our first practice on Tuesday. And um, once we got going that day, Brandon started feeling some symptoms and not feeling too well was that night on Tuesday that he took a rapid test in his hotel room and saw that he was positive. So Brandon, I mean, emotions going through you. I'm sure you were upset. I'm sure you were angry. I'm sure you were frustrated. All of the above. Yeah, it was, 
you know, it's, I'm trying to like replay it all in my head, but there was just so much that went through, you know, on top of not feeling well uh, with COVID in general, like Alexa said, everything was going great. We're training, we were training so strong. Everything was building for the, the right moment. And, you know, you imagine, you know, all possible outcomes for your Olympic trials, but that was not one that I pictured. So being stuck in the room, not being able to compete, not being able to defend your U.S. title, that was a really tough show to swallow. Um, very went in and out of feeling frustrated with myself, you know, just being upset, very disappointed. Um, at the end of the day, when, when I look at it, I was lucky to have Alexa, um, you know, those are defining moments in a team, you know, just showed so much support, talked it through, stayed strong, and knew that it was all happening for a reason and trying to make the absolute best of the situation we were given. So now we're just getting healthy and, and uh, moving on from that, you know. Now you were able to successfully petition to to be on this team you had to do that to go through this process did you have a good feeling that that would be that that would succeed i guess when when you do this you never know but um kind of what what were your feelings before you were officially named to that team as to whether that would happen yeah like you said there's always a little bit of doubt there's the un- the unknown there's not always it's no guarantee but um the committee determines how they will select the Olympic team um, with the two years prior to the Olympic Games. They, uh, we have meetings to discuss and inform all the athletes what is going to be looked at, essentially, when they make that decision. So we were well aware of it, and that's why we put so much pressure and hope into every competition that we take part in every season, not on an Olympic year, because we know that they will look at that. And Brendan and I were fortunate to have joined hands two years prior to the Games right when they start looking at criteria. So we were, we already had enough there. And then the events that we did skate in, we did very well and we were successful at um, getting the highest scores of the U S other U S teams. So when we petitioned, we had like the facts in place and felt very positive that it was going to work to our benefit. But um, until it's done and put it out permanently, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to relax. And we were holding on to the last minute waiting for that call. I, I want to talk to you about um, Beijing. And uh, first of all, are you feeling that the, uh, I believe they're calling it a closed circuit, uh, will be safe for the athletes? We saw it play out in Tokyo. Um, and it didn't look like there were too many new cases of COVID. But do you feel as though the IOC, the USOPC, um, have things in order to keep the athletes safe and, and keep them separated from this pandemic as much as possible during the games? Yeah, I, I think we both feel as safe as anyone can um, going overseas and stuff. We trust our federation, our, um, you know, the International Olympic Committee. Uh, they have done a great job so far hosting events during the pandemic. Um, we know uh, at our high performance camp back in August, we were given some of the uh, details of the measures that are being taken to keep the athletes safe. Um, and everything we've, we've heard sounds very reassuring that we are going to be um, well protected and isolated um, so we can just focus on our job when we're over there competing. 
When I talked to Jason Brown a few weeks ago, I said, you know, it's, is it just a matter of mastering your program now or are you continuing to tweak? And he was continuing to tweak. Is that something you guys do? Or are you trying to still think about how you want to, how you want these programs to go? Or is, are there still some changes to be made or is it just now a matter of perfecting what you've got already? Um, I think it's different for every skater and for every discipline, but for Brandon and I, our focus is perfecting the material that we have. We have spent the entire season making small changes and nuances here and there and finding what works for us in the competition setting. And at this point, uh, being January and a few weeks going into competition, everything is set. And we are just on autopilot running through the programs and perfecting it as much as can learning how to respond to any kind of mistake or um, issue that comes up when we're practicing so for us it's all said and done and uh, just enjoying those final runs every day you guys go into autopilot when when you're out on the ice I mean I guess the goal is not to think too much because that could end up tripping you up more than anything I mean you just kind of let your bodies take over and feel that I know they call it flow uh, or are you thinking out there about every move and every movement and, and everything that uh, anticipating everything that's coming up? Um, it's a little bit of both. Mainly it's autopilot. Like you, you just train and do so many reps. And when you get out there under pressure, you're, you're really just trusting your training at that point. You know, you got your little mental list of check marks. You're just knocking off. There are moments here and there where maybe you're going into a certain element or something and, and you you have a little bit more focus on this because you're in the competition. But overall, it's just like any other job. You're just showing up, you're clocking in, and you're doing exactly what you train at home and then you leave. So, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I think, like, the best ones are the ones when you are on autopilot. I can look back at some programs and recall some thoughts that I had in the moment that were very random and out of the blue and – those programs maybe had like more weird errors or didn't feel like you were as into it as autopilot. Um, I think every time it's a little bit different. And I think it's even more interesting for a pair or dance team because you might not both be in the same autopilot zone. Maybe he's completely on it and I could be distracted or having thoughts. So I think the really special ones are when we're almost in the same frame of mind. So the magic can happen. This is kind of a kind of a crazy question, but I've always wondered what what's what's your equipment situation like? Do you have multiple skates that you bring out there just in case? And to walk me through that, I mean, logistically, do you bring it to the rink yourself? Do you have backups? How, how does that usually work for both of you? Well, we don't we don't like bring it all the time to every event or whatnot, but we do. We both have like a backup pair of skates and stuff given. You know, in, in an emergency situation, lost skates or, or like something happens and something breaks. We, for events like the Olympics and stuff, it's we have it always on standby near us. So it's given uh, the worst case scenario, we'll we'll have a backup pair. Are you allowed to bring skates on a plane? Yeah, typically you can. You have no problem always carrying them on when you go anywhere. Um, it's when you go through some places of. Um, Europe is where sometimes you may have to check them in your in your bib bag. Uh, certain European uh, TSA regulations are different. Yeah, sometimes when the skaters will travel, will like in the carry on bag have costume, 
a little bit of makeup, some toiletries, skates, and like maybe one practice outfit in the event you lose your luggage, you can at least get on your first day of practice and, and get by because there's nothing worse than uh, going to a competition with, you know, one or two days of practice and your stuff doesn't arrive until your event and uh, you don't get to get on the ice. So that's one thing that we all try to do the best that we can. But like Brandon said, sometimes they, they don't allow skates on the plane and that's, that's where you can run into some problems. Um, I think for Beijing, we will be able to carry on our skates and have our equipment with us. Do you guys have to start entering these protocols now? I mean, are there are there things you need to do before you head over there, quarantine? Are there things that USOPC is telling you to do so that you can say you don't want to obviously run into the situation going into to Beijing where, where someone is compromised yeah. in one form or another? Yeah, I think that tomorrow is day one of any kind of uh, rules that we have to follow as far as checking in, daily screenings, uh, testing, all the protocol that the U.S. OPC and our own NGV has put into place. I think it begins tomorrow on the 13th. And uh, our team doctor for figure skating will be, is in contact with all of us daily. Um, and we have a portal that we communicate in. So they're going to help us every step of the way because they said that there is a lot more information than on a normal Olympic year. And uh, we'll have to follow protocol with all the testing and well, there'll be a lot of stuff that we'll have to do. Um, but I think it's going to make this whole journey seem like, like it's happening and it's real. And we're, we're on that last, last run to get to the finish line. In 2018, much different experience for you, uh, right? Did, did you have yeah. your, fitting, your fitting and you got all your Team USA swag? And I don't know if that's going to happen. Obviously, family and friends will, will not be in the crowd for this one. D- does that, for both of you, um, does that make it more difficult to be able to perform? Or is this going to be, well, you know what? I don't have to worry about Olympic Village. I don't have to worry about the ceremonies. All I have to worry about is what goes on on the ice. Um, I mean, I, for Alexa, I think it's for her, she's going to be able to have like some comparison given she's been through a previous games, uh, pre pandemic for me, I haven't really thought too much about what that's going to feel like while I'm there. I'm going to do everything I can to still soak up every ounce of Olympic moment. I can while I'm over there, even though, you know, there may be a lot of things that are restricted that normally would be happening during the games. But at the end of the day, I'm the kind of athlete that, is there to do a job and I want to put everything I have focused on doing that. Um, obviously it would be amazing to have friends and family in the stands. Um, but I know they're going to be cheering from, uh, here. Um, and they're going to be just as proud and energetic for me from their couch than they would be in the stands. So just going to be focused on the skating and, and for me personally, I'm definitely just going to remind myself your stuff, the Olympic games, enjoy it. Yeah, and I think um, for the team processing, I remember we flew into Asia and then we stayed in a different city and the Team USA athletes went to a hotel and they had everything set up with changing rooms and all the clothes and gear and you had like your specific time that you could go and get it all. And then you brought that, they, they flew all of that with you to your connecting place to get to the village. And I think that uh, we're still going to be blessed with the opportunity to have team processing, but it's going to be done in LA prior to departure. So at least we can have that experience and get everything. It just won't happen 
logistically the same way. Um, so that's exciting, and it'll probably be very safe since it'll be in our home country and they can manipulate how it's done. Um, and I think I think our families are gonna they're disappointed that they can't witness it live, but they're so selfless. That's how we got here, anyways. That they they understand the situation and they're gonna have watch parties and and do as much as they can to feel part of it. I'm sure. When do you guys compete in those two weeks? Are you early? Are you later? I mean, do you think that you're going to be able to go to an opening ceremony, a closing ceremony at all? Yeah, we're still getting those final details. Can't really speak fully. I would personally love to attend the, the opening ceremonies, but uh, bottom line is priority number one is just planning everything around when we're going to be actually competing, making sure we have plenty of practice eyes, things like that, and and uh, not having to be exposed in any way if we don't need to be. So just still logistically working those details out. You don't have to be too specific, but but where's your where's your bronze at? Is it something that you have on you? Did you give it to someone? Did, where what did you do with it? Um, well, because I was in the pair team with Chris, we have two of the same one. So one is on display at home um, in the dining room and i think the other one is literally in like a stock drawer yeah like your typical answer it's in the closet um so i we did we only put it on display once chris retired because when we were together we didn't like having all of our stuff out like that sure so brandon she doesn't show up to practice wearing it and then like yeah (laughs) i <laughs> know <laughs> no she doesn't but there are times where uh when i when we get out when we get to all get together and, and we're hanging out and i see it in their living room there's moments where i'm eyeballing it a little bit and, and get that like motivation of getting one myself so hopefully we'll have that opportunity maybe we'll get a different color yeah <laughs> um, what what are the expectations for you guys going into Beijing? Or maybe there are no expectations. Uh, you know, how, how do you guys mentally set and prepare yourself for these games? Um, Alexa and I, what I love about our us and our team is no matter how big or small the competition, we always have expectations. Um, I know her and I don't want to just show up and, and, and just do a participation thing. Like we're just like, Oh, we're just going to skate. We are very, very motivated and already throughout since the season started doing everything we can to show up at the Olympic games and deliver um, those, those performances we know how to deliver. And we really want to, um, you know, we want to climb the ranks and result for us pairs at the Olympic games. And, and that's where we're going to be doing everything we can yeah, and I think like our focus will be to just stay in our mental bubble, which may may be a little bit uh, easier to obtain because there will maybe be less distractions. But Brandon and I do very well when we're connected and in, in sync with one another. So the focus and goal for each event will try to be to be in that mindset, and then really just compete how we practice at home very proud of how we train at home and we'd like to put that out there i'm sure yours is a sport where there's a lot of visualization do you see yourself at the games when you close your eyes at night you're thinking about yourself performing in beijing or is that too is that too too far ahead is that too many steps ahead are you more worried about what's going to happen tomorrow um i always i still have i i have some of those um 
I, I always try to stay in the moment, think about tomorrow, you know, think about the session at hand. But at the end of the day, like, you also have to think about where your end goal is too. That's what drives you every day to get up. And for me, there are moments where I'll just even just be driving in the car and I just start thinking like, man, I, I really can't wait to have my Olympic moment and go out there on the ice and just kind of start thinking like that a little bit. It's very encouraging for me personally to do that here or there. Probably a sport. You guys probably do a lot of visualizations before competitions, I would imagine. You know, talking with speed skaters and swimmers, like them mentally preparing for a race. There are so many X factors and things that could happen. But you guys are trying to do the exact same thing that you've done previously. So I assume that your visualization is the things that you've already done before. Like you're, you're, you don't have to worry about, you know competitors to your right or left or anything like that i i mean do you find you do you guys sit and go into a mental space where you try to visualize your routine right before it happens yeah i usually do my visualization before bed um and then on a competition day i like to pull up some practice videos i have from home to remind myself how it looks and feels on some of my favorite takes of us at home um, and that also relaxes me because then I remember that when I'm going out to the competition that I do it every day. So looking at, it's almost like the opposite. So on competition day, I look at practice stuff and then at home during practice, I see myself in a competition and I kind of go back and forth. And when I visualize the program in competition, I see my dress on and my hair and um, the ice is always very empty and clear as it is in competition because at home, you know, you train with other skaters. So those videos have like traffic on them. How did you guys come up with the music that you you've selected? Well, our short was, uh, discussed by our choreographer and, 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 uh, Shaylin. She, she actually brought the option and the Lux that I fell in love with it immediately. It's the house of the rising sun. And, you know, it was one of those pieces where when you play it, you just we knew we wanted to use it. Sometimes selecting music can be a very difficult and long process. The free program, I am I was always very passionate about the particular song Fix You by Coldplay. Kind of been like for me a personal song that when you listen to you kind of a, you can relate to it a lot in my own personal journey in my career for ice skating. And when I brought it to Alexa, when we were talking about it and stuff, it was a um, very strong option for us and uh we all agreed on it alexa was very supportive about it and wanted me to be able to speak to something related and was so personal to me and uh that's how we came across our free program where can people follow you guys are you guys uh instagram and and tiktok yeah we both use instagram um a lot we don't post a ton neither one of us but um we're on there we're active um and then twitter as well and we don't really post anything on TikTok, but I do watch a lot of cat videos of TikToks before bed when I can't sleep. Um, it's something I just find enjoyable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we love if everybody listening would like to give us a follow on our Instagram. Um, mine is Alexa underscore Kaniram. Just simple. Mine is uh, Brandon underscore Fraser nineteen ninety two. Of course, we'll be following Alexa and Brandon as they make their way to Beijing. Next week on Quest for Gold, we chat with a long-track speed skater who made his first Olympics and believes this is one of the strongest teams the U.S. has ever put together. I'm Ryan Burrow. We'll talk to you next week on Quest for Gold.